1: Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. The NFL season is officially over. The Rams are Super Bowl champions, which means it's time for you to dive into your dynasty rosters. and That's what we're here to help you do. So I'm joined always by my faithful co hosts We got Pork, we got Nate, and we got Chev. Gentlemen, it is great to see you all again. And today we're going to be talking about a trio of Bama players. So the Bama Boys episode, as it's probably going to be aptly titled by our very own Bob Van Duser, uh, Man of a Thousand Smiles. Uh, Let's Mm. start with our first prospect, and that is Jameson Williams. So he was a four-star recruit, and he's projected to be a first-round draft pick by NFL database.com. Again, we're not just pulling these stats out of our butt 79 catches for 1,572 yards so he averaged 19.9 yards per reception 15 touchdowns mm. now the first thing i want to say is a lot of people were like well how could he be good mike because he couldn't get on the field at ohio state have you seen the wide receivers that ohio state produces garrett wilson yep. Chris Olave. Lot, shut up boy. a lot of a lot <laughs> of guys in the past work is a, an unapologetic ohio state fan so look i get it sometimes all you need is a change the scenery You know what I mean? Just because he transferred does not make you a bad player. So who I'll tell you what, Pork, why don't we start with you? Because he was a former Ohio State product. Tell us a little bit. Keep in mind, he put together. Let's see. I'm just looking at stats now. He combined for less than 300 yards receiving in his Ohio State tenure. That's two seasons.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So why don't we start with you? Tell me what you think about Jameson Williams.
0: I mean, I, I kind of wish, I know, seeing the way he played there. I mean, it's just it's like an embarrassment of riches that Ohio State has at some points. But you know, I'm glad he was actually go to Alabama <laughs> so he can see the talent that he has. And boy, did he show out! I mean, he seemed like he was the only, he was the guy between him and Mechie that we'll be talking about later that uh, has produced at a really high clip. And you know, usually people talk about Alabama; he's always open. Blah blah blah, because it's the scheme. But this guy is actually getting open on his own and, and plays really, really well. Um, he's a he's a really good uh, a hip dipper, as I call him. Um, <laughs> he, he likes to, you know, at the top I'm, of his routes. Hold on, yes. a hip
2: dipper?
1: Yeah. No, a no, hip no, because you like to call him Chev Nate. Have you ever heard Pork
2: say that before? Right I've now, never heard Porkman say hip dipper. This is That's a brand new right? experience. I say this he's to myself. <laughs> i know exactly (laughs) what he's talking about because he talks about it all the time but i've never heard it defined as the hip (laughs) dipper i
1: I did forget to mention he is six foot two 189 pounds and he is 20 years old so Mm. uh, anyway talk about the hip dipping prospect jameson williams (laughs) go ahead
0: so um at the top of his routes he dips his hips um so he can get in and out of his routes and really confuses his cornerbacks um even in intermediate and short routes which Allows him to get wide open for the most part. But I think on top of him being open, getting open that easily, his athleticism puts it over the top. So if he's able to get open like that and have really good yak on top of that, I think that really progresses him to be a top prospect coming out of this draft class. And I totally, totally love this. Uh, totally love this prospect. As he's getting probably getting drafted in the first round. Now the ACL tear didn't help him out at all. So I know right now, I know he'll he probably be better. He'll probably be better once he gets drafted, and he'll be fine when when he gets drafted to a good team. But right now he's my wide receiver too. I think I have him as a Pro Bowl, uh, a Pro Bowl grade. I think it was a seven point something. Let me check real quick. Can I just yeah give seven you- seven point eleven for me. 7-11.
1: Can I give it? You- Yes. Interesting, James Yep, at Ohio State, two years he had three touchdowns, at yep. Ohio State, two years he had three tackles. So, right, he was consistent across the board. But, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I think it's cool.
0: He has to get on the field, and you know, like, like I said, Ohio State just, they just keep pumping out wide receiver talent. And if he's if he can't get on the field over those guys that means the other guys were, you know, pretty good or it just fit the system better. Yeah. So I, I see him getting drafted in the first round. I haven't picked a team yet, but um, for his frame at 189, as you said as well, he plays really strong too, and he can block. So that'll also keep him on the field as well. I know people was talking about how Devontae Smith was small and he couldn't block, but he gets open, so I really don't care about that. This guy gets open and he blocks as well. Devontae so.
1: Smith can block.
0: I know he can, but some people assume – that he was, was a toothpick. He was one sixty whatever.
1: He that dude was pounds. out there mulling defensive backs. Like, yeah,
0: yeah but I think I think <laughs> on top of that they didn't they didn't expect it from him. No. So yeah, so if if, if, if the guy like this is one eighty nine and he's fast and he can block and he has all the athleticism and he got the hip dips, right, give give me all give me all the pieces, bro. The hip, dip. the
3: Jeff, hip can dips.
1: can you can you please? Please take over for a little bit. I can't deal with the hip dips anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, the hip dipper is uh, he's a good football player. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from the ACL tear. I think this could be a nice little player to pick up late in the season when their owner is getting a little frustrated. Like, why is he not on the field? Why is he not producing as well as I think he should I be? That. I drafted him in the first round. Like, what the heck's going on? We've seen mm-hmm. so many players that come off of ACL tear, and they're not producing at the level that we think they should which is very reasonable. I mean, tearing your ACL is something that is very painful and it's hard to come back from. That's why it takes nine months to do so. So I think he's a player that I would look to maybe acquire later on throughout the season, probably midway, just to see how he's doing. And who knows? Maybe he'll come back ready to go with the same amount of speed that he has right now. But I really do like Jamison Williams. I think he could work a little bit on his route running, make it a little bit crisper for me. I feel like he rounds him a little bit too much at some points, but that speed – is crucial, man. He's just blazing by people. It's not even funny. Uh, I, I do want to see him maybe get a little bit better uh, with the press coverage that people are putting on him. I think he can do a little bit better with his releases on that. But all in all, man, this guy is top of the class, and he's definitely somebody that uh, to be paying attention
2: to going into your rookie drafts for sure.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Nate, your thoughts on Jameson Williams?
2: Yeah, Jameson Williams... Um... You know there's a lot of good wide receivers in this class and it's a shame that tours acl because mm-hmm. Jamison williams at one point was vying for my wide receiver one in this class as much as i love traylon burks and garrett wilson Jamison williams is on a different level of speed compared to many of the guys we've seen come out you know not just that forty-yard dash speed that I'm sure would have been really exciting to watch, but that speed on the field with the pads on is it is very impressive. And what I kind of comp him to, I mean, it's it's a very easy comp to make. I think Jamison Williams reminds me of what I saw as a prospect with Jalen Waddle, but a little bit less of the yak ability, mm. but more deep separation. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And the separation that Jamison Williams creates. Behind the safeties, behind the cornerbacks. It is, it, it's reminiscent of a young Deshaun Jackson when you would just see the ball go down the field and you're like, oh, that ball is going way too far down the field. And there, there Deshaun Jackson is completely wide open, 15 yards away from the nearest defender. That's what Jamison Williams brings to the table. He, he can, you know, make those cuts, make those breaks halfway through his go routes that just bring the cornerback, you know, falling apart. And Jameis Williams, he only needs half a step to create separation with his speed. Yep. So as soon as he gets the cornerback to hesitate, which he does a great job of doing with his head fakes, with his pacing of his routes, he, he wins. He wins consistently. He did it at the SEC level. So despite the one-year production, he showed us at the top level of college football that he could dominate and absolutely dominate he did. So uh, one of my top guys, currently my wide receiver too. With the injury, I'm, I'm picking him up. Uh, very easily as a wide receiver three, wide receiver four off the board still um, Mm -hmm. in fantasy football drafts. His speed is uh, one of the top I've ever rated just because he's truly a game changer. He's not the guy that – you know. we say a lot of guys can take a slant to a house. Jameis Williams legitimately takes slants to the house a lot.
3: One more thing I want to say too is like even when he's not getting the football, his routes that he's running – is opening Mm -hmm. up so many other Mm -hmm. plays for other players. I mean, you can just see it looking at the film. Like, he runs a a, a corner route, and, I mean, it just opens up everything for the guys underneath him. They're so worried about him beating him deep, and those underneath routes are always open. And his hands, I think we don't talk enough about his hands. His hands are insane. Beautiful Mm -hmm. catches all over the place. He's leaning left, right. I mean, you name it. He's making catches all over the field, even when he's falling down. So – this guy's a top prospect. I hope uh, don't let don't forget about him when you're in your rookie drafts. He, he could slip on that sleeper board with that ADP not as high as usual. Mm, so be nice. pay attention.
1: Yeah. Um, so you guys, you know, as I say, I'm a notoriously hard grader. Here's the thing: some the wide the actual receiving part, the receiving aspect of his game, he grades out really high. Where he loses some points are things that I think. And, Nate, I will say this is the only slight flaw in your grading system. But I have to be fair. Not everyone's going to grade out as, like, all pro. I'm just saying, like, I wish that there were sometimes I could just put N.A. and it doesn't count against the score of the overall receiver. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think his blocking was that great. Can be suspect at times. But then again, he's not asked to do it a lot.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Contested catch, I had to grade it lower because he's always so open that I didn't see him do contested catch very often. But that being said uh-huh.
0: it's yeah. not
1: and he is not the most physical receiver because he's always so open he doesn't have to be I have uh-huh. his grade for a speed and burst at an eight all pro because he's just he can make something out of nothing his hands grade out very highly I have them at a six because I did see a couple you know a couple things here and there um it's going to happen in the sec you're basically paying playing against nfl competition so i have him graded out overall at a 6.33 um davison's untimely acl tear will make him a value for both the nfl and possibly your fantasy roster i could see him because of the acl tear falling out of the first round we've seen it before you know a lot of teams they might not want to take that chance Make no mistake when fully healthy, he's a star in the making, speed for days, good hands and slippery after the catch. Jamison could do it all. Once he cleans up his pass blocking, he's an all pro in the making. So despite the the score that's just a little bit lower, I think this guy's the limit. And anything that I graded low, I feel like can be coached out of him
0: mm-hmm. real quick.
1: You know, these Alabama guys, what I like about them when they go to the NFL is they show the willingness and the drive to receive coaching. You know what I mean? Like, and that's super important because if you want to succeed at the next level, you have to be able to accept constructive criticism and coaching from your coaches. And don't play in Philadelphia if you can't take the heat. <laughs> Sorry. I little... will say,
2: I have him graded out just about the same as Porkman. Um, just, over, just over a seven for me. So I definitely think that he's a future pro bowler, you know, future top receiver in the NFL. And to get some actionable advice with that, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Jamison Williams is a top 24 wide receiver in Dynasty already.
1: Without being drafted yet.
2: Okay. Yep. So, I mean, let me throw a couple of names out there right at the end of that tier. So, at wide receiver 23, one keep trade cut, you got Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy or Jamison Williams, even without the landing spot? Hmm.
3: <sighs> <clears throat> Give me Aaron Rodgers with Jerry Judy, though. That's the only thing yeah, I'm going really to What if it's, if,
2: what if if it it's was Carson it. Wentz? Yeah. That's, that's better than rough. Drew Locke. <laughs> oh, day,
1: Mike, did you just say that? <laughs> Hold on. Listen, I love Flip Drew that. Locke, but that dude's so inaccurate. It's, it just <laughs> me insane. Um, okay, we're talking both players are healthy. Yeah. Uh, then Jameson I'm Williams.
0: Taking, I'm taking JMO too.
1: Although I will say Jerry Judy, I feel, is the superior route runner.
0: Yeah. yeah, But Jameson's speed
1: but, but Jameson's a great route runner too It's not like he's not good I think Jerry Judy's just better in that aspect But the speed of Jameson Williams I mean he takes Also I forgot to mention him on screen passes Is just Like It's, a, it's amazing to watch I love it
2: yeah, I Another mean, name uh, out there That's a wide receiver too right now In Dynasty rankings uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown Right now, coming in at wide receiver twenty-one, everyone's buying the hype. Would you rather have Jamison Williams or Amon Ross St. Brown?
0: Jamo. Jamison Williams. Man. Oh, that's that. yeah.
2: Let's we'll go. go that's Williams, yeah. And you can pick what? up Jamison Williams for one hundred and six this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's sure. Yeah. In superflex leagues, maybe even depending on if people start reaching for quarterbacks, you can maybe even get them. You know, one ten, something like that.
1: I think quarterbacks going to be Ooh. a value in superflex this year to be honest with you, because I don't think, I don't think yeah, people are going to overdraft. I really don't. value.
3: I, I mean, can see it. I can see what you're saying, like it being of value yeah. later on, because you're not going to have to draft them like super early. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Get I, all the I get what on you're saying, draft. though. I get it.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think people panic, but you know that there's yeah. going to be guys that get drafted higher than they should in the real NFL draft, and that's going to bump them up people's boards. You got one more for us, Nate?
2: Uh I mean yeah I'll go with one more. So coming at wide receiver 17 with keep trade cut is Elijah Moore. Jamison Williams Ooh. or Elijah Moore. Oh
3: I'm gonna go with Jamison Williams. I think he can do a little bit more for me.
2: Chev is saying that Jamison Williams is just about a top fifteen wide receiver. I might hasn't been drafted more. yet. Who said this more. draft class sucked? I'm taking a more there, man. Yeah,
0: I think I'm. Uh, I'm with Mike. I think I'm gonna take Elijah more. I think that's why I, I cut it off. That.
1: What about uh, this? Let's let's talk about some hype. Gabriel Davis or Jameson oh, Williams? Stop it! Stop <laughs> it!
3: Stop it!
1: The hype is real. That's all I'm saying. People are all super over, real. They were all over Gabriel Davis for a while.
3: Yeah, but well, no. I take
1: Jameson Williams in that regard. <laughs> all right, Hope so. let us move on to our next prospect here and that is brian robinson jr also from the university of alabama so he is six foot one 225 pounds he was a four-star recruit as well and he is a projected third round draft pick courtesy of NFL nflmockdraftdatabase.com fifth year senior at alabama uh this was the, the first time he started a game was his First game of his fifth year at Alabama. Probably should have transferred. That's all I'm saying. 31 carries, 1,343 yards. He averaged 5.0 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns. When you hear people say he can't catch the ball, he can catch the ball. It's not anything spectacular. 35 catches for 296 yards. He averaged 8.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns. I just don't think that Alabama throws to the backs a lot, to be perfectly honest with you. Just like Ohio State doesn't throw to their tight ends ever. Jeremy Ruckert. By the way, I just want to say, Chev, you made a great point about uh, when you were talking about James James Williams, how the routes he runs are great because they're deceptive and they help other people get open. I was watching some Jeremy Ruckert film today at lunch, and I thought the same thing. Like That dude is running great routes. And C.J. Stroud's like, I'm just throwing it all the way down there. I don't care. You open for <laughs> when first. You got, time. When you
0: got Garrett Wilson, it's freaking Chris Olave. I know. And Smith and Jigba.
1: J- Jeremy Rucker, like he's literally just standing in the middle of the field, like dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm right here. And CJ Stroud's like, nah, man, <laughs> we're going down there. Go
3: deep,
2: bro. Go deeper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, so I'll tell you what. Let's let's loop it back the other way. Nate, we'll start with you this time. Your thoughts on Brian Robinson?
2: Junior. Yeah, Brian Ryan Brian Robinson uh, coming good size you know i think the six foot one 225 you know he came in it looks bigger than that on the field honestly just he looks thick he looks strong he looks like a guy that's hard to tackle and you know that really does well for him i think that's one of his strengths where you know he doesn't go down easily but overall as a prospect i say it's pretty average for me um he, he does a lot of good stuff nothing really elite uh he doesn't really have too many weaknesses but like I said, no, not too many strengths either. He's just a very average prospect, checks all the boxes, but doesn't seem like a guy that's going to, you know, become the next big thing for your team, um, not going to hold down a starting position for a long time. Um, you know, maybe maybe he gets to start for a season if, you know, there's a team, you know, like Miles Gaskin started the season. I mean, there's times that teams have average running back start a season and their volume plays. Brian Robinson fits that perfectly. He offers enough upside in the passing game that he can hold down a three-down a three, roll, uh, a three down roll for a team. Maybe not always having 100% of the snaps on third down, passing downs, but enough to be on those downs at times. Uh, all around very good, but not really good. So my comp is actually Jeff Wilson. I think he's, he's got a little bit of Jeff Wilson to him where he, he's going to be useful in the end zone, uh, red zone area. But he's gonna pop off for some weeks. But he's not a guy that I'm gonna be comfortable as one of my top two running backs. Probably gonna be a guy that a lot of zero running back team builds like. Um, he's gonna offer that kind of upside. I know a lot of us have mentioned Khalil Herbert as a kind of similar prospect who has that you know spot start upside. So I don't want to take everything that you guys gonna say because I think we've already discussed Brian Robinson a good amount between us. <laughs> but uh, I think you guys all feel pretty similar.
1: All right, um, poor Chev had to step out for a second so let's go to you.
2: Yeah, I mean whatever you everything me Nate
0: good, everything Nate literally said <laughs> is what is what I was thinking. It's like he, he really doesn't show elite traits at all. Like nothing is elite elite traits, but everything is literally basic and average. He doesn't really have much burst off the line. Um he's not really that laterally he doesn't have that really good lateral quickness either. Um, he just seems like a, a one cut runner if he goes to like a, a really good um, a really good team with an offensive line with his own blocking scheme that he can just get one cut and go I feel as though he can work good there but um his his receiving work I know he had 35 catches but to me he didn't seem he can catch the ball but he doesn't really seem like a natural type runner a natural type catcher I mean um so I mean I'm, I'm not too sure you know that something like that could be fixed. But um I think he can probably he'll make a team just based off of what Mike usually says, this is a receiver, this is a running back who's better for the NFL than for fantasy. There's mm-hmm. gonna be tons of coaches that's gonna love him. He can pass block well. Um, he follows assignments correctly. But for fantasy purposes, if he's a guy that's just gonna be a goal linebacker for your team, you're not gonna I don't think you'd be able to really start him from week to week confidently. Um so I, I really I really graded him. I didn't really grade him that high. I think I gave him like a 5-point-something, just like a serviceable back. Not really a backup, but more of a guy that, you know, that's a spot start. Five point 5. five three, five point three six, 5.36, which I think is between serviceable and good starter. I mean, average starter and, and good starter. So um, for me, yeah, uh, just, you know, for the NFL, he's great, but I don't think I'm going to be really drafting him on my fantasy teams as much, unless... You know, it's a waiver wire guy, and he's going to be starting to go from there.
1: Okay, all right, perfect. Chef, your thoughts on Brandon Robinson?
3: Yeah, I think this could be a guy who is maybe a better NFL running back than a fantasy football running back. Uh, like you guys said, goal line work I think could be good for him. I can also see him catching passes out the backfield, but I think he really will get his work in if somebody were to get injured. Honestly, I think he's a good second guy, second back to work with but I'm not exactly sure I see him having like that great starter role. Like Nate was saying, like he's not going to be a guy that wins you fantasy seasons back to back years or anything like that. He's just going to be a good serviceable back, I think he does some things really, really well. I think he, he's very good with his physicality. I think he uses his body very well, bounces off tacklers. Um, but like Nate said, I, I see a lot of good things, but I don't see anything that's great. That's going to really get him on the field a whole lot. So I think it'd be a good back if somebody were to get injured, but other than that, I think it's going to be just a serviceable back for the NFL.
1: Yeah, so I think Brian Robinson is going to get way overdrafted in fantasy drafts. Um, and he, here's the thing: he actually graded out slightly higher than I thought he would, just because of his power brings him mm-hmm. up uh, and the, the size, which I think he's good size um, for the NFL. You know, six foot one, two hundred twenty five pounds. It's great for an NFL running back. He's a one-cut runner. Doesn't dance around a lot, which is nice. You know, he's decisive. He hits the hole. Um, he allows his blockers to set their blocks at the line in second level. Legs keep pumping when when he's running and about to get tackled. He's an okay receiver, uh, more of a grinded-out type guy than an explosive playmaker. Um, Production-wise, you know, one of the things is he sat for too long. If he's just, he should have just transferred, even if you go to a quote-unquote lesser non-power-five school, but you have a chance to show what you can do. That's going to get you paid. And I think his allegiance to Alabama, which is where he was born, I think he was actually born in Tuscaloosa, it's going to cost him some money. You know what I mean? Like I said, he's going to piss a lot of people off because he's going to get overdrafted. He's going to get a spot. People are going to be like, he was handpicked by this coach. He's going to smash, blah, blah, blah. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to see it just like with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're going to bring in Jarek McKinnon. With no neck or anything like that Because he hurt his neck or something They're going to sign some scrub off the street And you're going to be like Why isn't Brian Robinson Jr. getting A thousand carries a game uh, my, my comp for him, I don't do many comps Because I don't think I'm good at him But my comp for him is Chris Carson uh, I project him to get drafted in the Fourth through seventh rounds Because I could see him That's getting fine. overdrafted I could see him falling too I actually grade him out at a 5.91 um, He's okay He's not anything super great, but the power and the size bring his score up for me.
2: Sounds like Mike's a Brian Robinson fan.
1: He's okay. You know what I mean? Like he's, just, he, he's, he's a guy that if he's on your NFL team and he's in the game and you need like two yards, you're like, Brian Robinson can get these two yards. That's it. Mm-hmm. He might it's get three So my JP Ryan should have not been in a game on fourth down in the Super Bowl for Third what down. it's worth.
2: Michael Pirine. Well, Mike, if, if it was, was Lamichael P. Ryan, you know they would have converted. Bengals win. Yep. All right. Touchdown. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Had Bengals the wrong win. P. Ryan.
1: That's right. That Had the wrong P. Ryan. Good job. So that, that's our thoughts on Brian Robinson. Let's move on to our last prospect of the evening, and that is John Mechie, again from Alabama. Um, so he is six foot 195 pounds. And let's bring up his stats. He was also a four-star recruit. So the whole podcast so far, these guys have all been four-star recruits. So let's see. Last season, 96 catches, 1,142 yards. He averaged 11.9 yards per reception, eight touchdowns. He also had one carry for eight yards with no touchdowns. So who said he can't run? Chef, let's start with you this time. Thoughts on John Metchie?
3: Yeah, so I think – him and Williams, I think they do a, a terrible job blocking for each other most of the time. It seems like when they throw screen routes, it's like, oh, I'm going to bump into this guy, but good luck, brother. hope you can do something better with this. Uh, but I think he's a good player, man. I really love how quick he is off the line. And he's got really good twitch, I think, too, to be decisive around defenders to get open. I mean, a lot of times you see him getting passes that are completely wide open. He's getting able, being able to get a lot of yak guards with it. So I really do appreciate that out of him. And he can play all over the field. I don't think he'll be a guy that can play outside uh, in the NFL most of the time. I think I'd rather see him in the slot 100%. I think that would definitely suit him well in the game. Uh, But like I said, I like the quick releases off the line. Even if it's press coverage, he's able to use his feet, be real quick and move in different directions and use his head fakes uh, very well to be decisive for the defenders. And he's really good at finding the open spots. In zones, and I think the same thing for Jamison Williams mm-hmm. too. I think they do a really okay. good job of finding those areas of the field and just moving to them and getting wide open. Or even moving when Young gets out of the pocket, he's able to move around and get open for him. So I think that's what they really do well at Alabama. They're able to just find those zones, and I'm sure Nick Saban, he's a defensive guru in the backfield, so I'm sure he gives them all these tips and tricks to be better at that. So. I love John Mechie, actually. I think he's a good route runner, and I think he's able to get open pretty easily. Now, is he going to be the top guy in the class? No. But he's a guy that you can get later on, and I think I'd be pretty happy with the production he's going to bring. He's not going to be a wide receiver one, probably but two or three. Uh, I think you can see that value definitely uh, in John Mechie.
1: Did I say that he was a projected third-round draft pick? Yes. Okay, just wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that I covered that as well. I'll go next. I I like uh, John Mechie a little bit, too. You know, and Again, he's a guy where he's projected third. Hopefully he goes there. You know what I mean? Like, again, he could fall later. He could have one of those weird falls like Tylen Wallace had last year or Hakeem Butler had a couple years ago. Um, the one thing that really stood out to me about John Mechie was his closing speed on the ball. When the ball's in the air, it's like he found a second gear. That's really going to impress coaches at the next level. I loved it. Um really twitchy and fast off the line of scrimmage. I think he had one of the best bursts off the line of scrimmage that I've seen in this class. I just loved it. Like We're talking just from completely standing still to go, just like that. It was fantastic. Um, Gets open pretty easy. Great hands. Another guy, contested catch is just okay, but doesn't do it a lot um, because he's always so open, so he doesn't have to do it a lot. Blocking is just okay. It's not a liability. Great production in the SEC. Could be another draft. Value. Um, I actually have him projected the second to third round, and I graded him at a 6.11, uh, which is a good starter. So, you know, a couple of little things just bring him down a little bit, like blocking and all that stuff. Uh, physicality, he's not the most physical guy, but he doesn't have to be. I don't really see these, these Bama receivers. They're, you know, this, I feel like the Ohio State receivers are a little bit more physical. They're also schemed open a lot, just like the, um, the Bama guys are. These Bama guys, man, they're just like they're running circles out there with nobody around them. It's just it's crazy. So, um, Nate, let's go to you on John Mechie.
2: Yeah, they got good route runners over there, Alabama. Whoever Amen. their wide receivers coach is definitely does a good job of getting them NFL ready with their routes. And John Mechie, um, I think that's his his strength is definitely the route running, uh, the use of his head at the top of his routes. Doesn't really lose momentum on his cuts. He runs the whole tree. Um, You know, he has a good understanding, good football IQ of, like Jeff said, to get open during zone coverage, find the spaces in between the defenders. I think John Mechie, he's not going to win a lot with man coverage, Mm -hmm. but in zone coverage, he's going to dominate. He's just Mm -hmm. a guy that finds space. He knows how to get open, but he lacks the elite athleticism at the next level to, to beat man coverage consistently and get down the field. Um, He he's, He's kind of a similar prospect for me to Brian Robinson where John Metchie really checks all the boxes, but I don't think he really does anything in an elite level. I don't think he has the athleticism. Like I said earlier, like the long speed, but also the lateral ability, the agility, the elusiveness after the catch. It's decent, but it's not great. Um, not saying he doesn't have a high potential though. You know, a guy like that, who is a great receiver, is Robert Woods. You know, Robert Woods doesn't do one thing especially good. He has developed into a great route runner, actually. And John Mechie does a lot of things just well and mm-hmm. excels as, as a route runner. So I think there's similarities there in their game, uh, good size, you know. But he's never going to be that elite wide receiver. But if you, if you get him in a slot, maybe they play him throw coverage and he's going to throw him the ball. I I think John Metz is going to offer some upside. He's going to have some uh, value, especially after the injury. Just not a guy I'm going to be reaching for in drafts because I think he lacks that that high upside. But he's a very safe floor player. If he gets a decent landing spot with an opportunity, you know he's going to be on the field.
1: Sean also putting in the chat, Holman Wiggins is Alabama's wide receiver coach.
2: Thank you. Holman Wiggins, baby. Holman Wiggins. (laughs)
1: did you uh, get to talk about John Mitchie yet?
0: Not yet. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Nate a little bit. I feel as though he's going to be a, a more of a slot guy and more of an outside guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like some of his routes. Some of his routes were a little rounded. Um, but to me, he seems like more of a runner to me than a route runner. Um, like some of his stuff is like a little like he is very twitchy. But getting in and out of his routes and in the intermediate aspect of his routes um, there are a little bit, uh, they're a little bit iffy. So I think that's something that he can work on as well. Like, like we said, he ha- he has the feet, he has the twitchiness that that you know that we like to see out of those slot guys to get open in the middle. But he needs to work on the, um, the stuff in the intermediate aspect of his routes. Um, he is pretty fast going deep, but again, if they pay a press coverage on him, he's not going to get open. So um, if it's zone, he can be able to find those uh, find those little little slot pockets and and catch the ball and you know and and do his job you know chef we talked about receivers that we like little small guys that's going to get those PPR numbers and I think this guy if he goes to a good oppor- has a good opportunity to go to a good team he's going to um he's going to do well in that aspect so um I really I haven't graded him yet cuz I'm not really sure to be honest with you cuz it, it's it's a little bit tough um, um the other Another negative is I don't think he has that strong of hands. Um, sometimes when when they throw him like like little heaters, um, the ball kind of goes through his hands to the back, and it kind of touches his body, and he needs to work on that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, you know he's he's a he's a good prospect, but it's not a great prospect. I probably have him as like a in between like a five and a six at this point.
3: Yeah, I agree. Those little heaters sometimes can get on him a little quick, and he can definitely drop some pass. So I, I will agree. The little heaters will get to him.
0: Yeah, because Bryce, Bryce Young, he he threw a lot of floaters because, right? you know, guys were open. So there were easy balls to catch, but when he was trying to, you know, you know throw some heaters in there, some of the balls kind of slipped through his hands a little bit, and it's become a, become a problem.
1: You, you keep saying, heaters, this is going to be a baseball podcast real soon. We got... <laughs> we got little heaters we got hip dips we got floaters like what what is going on over there what kind of medication do they have you on for your (laughs) knee they put you on lithium like what what is up with
0: you and you know talk hey bro it it is what it is all that stuff
1: translates to different sports bro the the guy that's delivering the little heaters is bryce young that pork man is referring to i I, uh, it's your favorite guy mike here's the thing i'm not as high on bryce young as other people are i can tell you that he really doesn't set his feet well. He leans forward too much when he throws the ball. It's, he's got a like a weird mechanics to him. So, I'll tell you what, if you don't like what I'm saying, then you should tell me in the Patreon chat by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Dinosaur $1 gets you in the chat. You can say whatever you want to me. $5 gets you premium access. And as a matter of fact, Nate and I are doing a very quick prospect show. After this show tonight, you're going to miss it if you are not a patron. But Before we get to our next segment of the night, let's pay some bills. Do you love drafting? Of course you do. Do you wish you could redraft each week within the season? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. The best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Oh, you put me on solo. Thanks. Along with that, there's still weekly drafts and pick for every playoff game. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using the promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So you deposit 100, you get 100 more to play with. Boom. Link is in the description. We'll see you there. And I hope we also see you over, you know, hanging out with our friends over at Dynasty Owner. Are you looking for a new way to play dynasty? A way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out dynastyowner.com. Dynastyowner.com is the new and improved way to play dynasty fantasy football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap and navigating player contracts, in addition to setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now, but what about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at dynastyhunter.com. Let them know the dynasty rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. The link is in the description. I can't even read the last one because I put the Dynasty on a read through on uh, on here twice, but I believe it is SeatGeek, is it not? Sean. Yeah, so visit SeatGeek. Can you just tell us? Put in our, our uh, go over to SeatGeek, I think you get 20 bucks off your first order. Promo code Dynasty Rewind, all one word. Screwed up the show sheet. Bob's going to have to retype that up again. He's going to be really mad at me, but that's fine. So, all right, let's bring everybody back onto the screen now so we can move on to our next segment here. But before we do, Chef, you put something. Let me just share my screen here real quick.
3: Yeah, this thing's a, an absolute doozy. I had to, got this trade sent in to me by a buddy so
1: who's the, asking
3: me, how do, how, how do you think the, I did? Yeah.
1: yeah, That's the best I can get it on the screen there. I'm sorry about that. Sure, so, um, so this is not your trade, right, Jeff?
3: No, this is not mine. A buddy sent it to me.
1: Okay, let's read it off. So one side gets the following. Michael Thomas, Kyler Murray, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, A.J. Brown, and a 2022 third round pick, which is the 306. First of all, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> this, lot this, on. Yeah. The other guy gets DJ Chark, Cam Akers, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Burrow, Jalen Waddell, a 2023 second, a 2022 second, which is the 204, and a 2023 second. So two seconds and a 22 second, which is the 204.
3: My God, <laughs> It's a lot. And this this is a super flex league. I think it's 12 teams, I believe. So, it's a lot of going on here. I honestly – it's too much for me to process. There's so much going <laughs> on into it, man. You, you just go back and forth. Like, is Michael Thomas going to play? Like, what is he going to look like next year? Who's throwing in the dang football? Point, Aaron man. Jones, how is he going to look? A.J. Dillon, we've seen him. They kind of work together well, but what are they going to do without Aaron Rodgers? Kyler Murray, his Instagram is losing pictures day by day, it seems like, so who knows what <laughs> he's going to be like next year because that's a big deal in the world right now, Kyler Murray deleting pictures. A.J. Brown's a beast. And then they go to this other side. We've got Cam Akers, who has been a darling, it seems like, in the playoffs. People just want to trade for him and bumped up his value a whole bunch, but he didn't have as much success as I thought he would. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. Ramondre Stevenson, is he going to be the back behind <laughs> Damian Harris or what's going on here?
1: You got DJ Chark who's a free agent. Joe Burrow, we know is good. Jalen Waddle's good. I, I guess. I guess I take the Burrow side in the picks just because there's a lot of unknown, and I don't like trading for an entire backfield. Like you, you traded for the entire Green Bay Packers backfield. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Well. You know, the healthy ones because he's still hurt. Yeah. You, who else is on there and whoever else is on their practice squad? I mean, I like AJ Brown a lot as well, but
2: I think the way to put this one is this is a good example of a trade I like both sides of. And I can see what the situations are for the teams here. You know, the team that got Kyler, A Brown, Aaron Jones, Michael Thomas, and AJ Dillon, they're obviously going in to win it in this coming season. You know, they got some like Michael Thomas, Aaron Jones. They should have good seasons going forward. And they have AJ Dillon to kind of back up Aaron Jones. You know, these are guys that are going to, you know, have peak seasons maybe this year and next year. Uh, Maybe even just this year. But the other team, you know, they got all this young potential talent. They got Waddle, Akers. They got a bunch of second round picks, which in these next two draft classes, I love second round picks, especially, especially next year. And, you know, I think that top team, you know, they sold Joe Burrow high. They sold Cam Hakers relatively high for what he's been up and down. And I like both sides of this trade. It just depends on what situation you're in. I think both teams made their team better. So this is a pretty special trade because that doesn't usually happen.
3: Yeah, yeah and I'll say this. Uh, in the comments, it says, you got hoed, Drewby. So it looks <laughs> like the league is not liking what Drew got there, apparently.
1: He got hoed. Is he trying to say that he has loose morals or is he did he mean to say hosed? The loose the loose morals. Yeah, okay. Loose just morals. Make it <laughs> I don't think he got hoed personally. I mean I, I think it's honestly this is probably a trade that I don't make just because it's just too much. Like when I get when I get sent trades that it's like it takes me this long to read through, I'm like, I'm I'm good. I'm just gum good. And I feel like this is also one of those trades that's made where you have someone badgering you, explaining you how fucking good it is. <laughs> Bro, you got to make this trade. Your team's going to smash. These guys I'm trading for suck anyway. you got to make this. And you're sitting there like, dude, just just kick me out of the league. Oh <laughs> <love laughs> God, just kick me out. <laughs> Have you ever been in a league where you have people just hound you so much? You're like, can you please just remove me? Please. <laughs> I'm just deleting sleeper off my phone right now. But I don't think anybody <laughs> got a mic to- thing.
2: It is a money thing. I'm just so. Old oh
1: and I don't think anybody loses this trade like Nate says. I think both sides win, and it really—you were also looking at this in a vacuum. We don't know what these other teams look like, mm-hmm. so
0: right—that's the problem.
1: Just looking at the trade, everybody wins, in my opinion. And to be honest with you, three people when you matter when you make a trade: Team A, Team B, and the commissioner. That's it. Mm-hmm. The other, the other teams in the league. They don't matter, okay, because these are between two teams. When you have the chatter in the tra- in the chat after, this is going to ruin the league, uh, blah, 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 doesn't matter. Leagues don't fold because of one trade.
3: I think it's so funny to me, too. Like, we don't know what's going to happen the next season. We're playing a game that is just we're guessing most of the time. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. like, Jalen Waddle could go out and have a great year. DJ Shark could come out of nowhere and have another great year. I mean, sure. we don't know. Th- these are trades that seem to take a lot longer. Like, there's draft picks involved, too. So, right. yeah, I don't know if anybody wins at the very beginning. Like you said, I think it's it's pretty even. You have to wait a few years to see how, how you do.
2: Yeah, awesome. and I've seen a couple of trades that people have posted from the beginning of the year where they sold Cooper Cup and, you know, got a steal at the time with young players. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you traded Cooper Cup for... Jerry Judy in a second or just Jerry Judy maybe and people were like oh I can't believe you got Jerry Judy and you sold old Cooper Cup Well, mm-hmm. look how old Cooper Cup did this year
1: <laughs> right he did okay did he not Super pretty Bowl well MVP. Yeah, did pretty good Chef thank you for bringing that to our attention I love stuff like this I love looking at other people's trades and them bitching and moaning about how people treat other people in the chat and this is why your old friend, Mike, mutes most chats. Except for our Patreon <laughs> chat. That brings us to our next segment. That's league-winning buy low trade targets. And this was requested by one of our patrons, Steve wow. Ryers. Thanks, Steve, for requesting. it. really appreciate that. Um, so we are each listing. <laughs> I, well, I don't Steve know if that Curry. was
2: real, thank you, or sarcastic, thank you. I really can't tell.
1: <laughs> it's both. I love Steve. He's a great guy. So uh, we're each going to list one player uh, that we think could be. You know, here's the problem. I was actually thinking about this on my way home league winning, and then buy low trade targets. Those two usually don't go hand in hand. Usually when we're talking about a league winning player that you acquire, it's something that you're kind of overpaying for maybe a little bit, if that makes sense. But um, Nate, you're first on the list. Let's start with you.
2: All right. Well, I just actually talked about a buy low trade target from last year, which was Cooper cup. Um, not saying that I was necessarily beating the drum for Cooper cup, but Hey, you could have, Bought and Cooper Cup last year as the aging veteran and, and literally would have won your league this year. Um, but a, a guy that I'm looking at this year is a guy I want to buy now and ride the coattails up with a production. It's going to be Josh Jacobs because running backs are hard to find. Okay. Consistent running backs are hard to find and they're usually pricey. You know, you want to get a guy like Javante Williams. He's a top three running back in Dynasty now. Um, you even want to get a, maybe a guy who's lesser like Michael Carter, he's still going to cost you a pretty arm and a penny, you know, or Travis Etienne, you know, coming off the injury. They're still expensive running backs. But you can go out there and you can get Josh Jacobs, who uh, newsflash has been like a top 15 running back per in fantasy points per game for the past three years, his entire career. And he's only 24 years old. He just turned 24 years old. And he still has two more years on his rookie deal with the Raiders. I mean, super undervalued because coming into this year, everyone's like, well, 20 receptions, 33 receptions his sophomore year. You know, Josh Jacobs is pretty good, but until he gets the receptions, he's not a great running back. Well, this year he got, you know, 54 receptions. It's number five for all running backs. So he got the receptions, he just had some injuries. He only had 217 rush attempts versus 273 last year. He only had nine touchdowns versus 12 last year. You know, the Raiders offense wasn't that great this year. Darren Waller wasn't really hitting it. Um, They had the whole coaching head, you know, head coaching change throughout the season. The team wasn't really put together. But Josh Jacobs still went out there and finished as the RB12 on the season in total points and actually on a fancy points per game. He outplayed guys like Antonio Gibson, Zeke Elliott. He had uh, more than Damian Harris or Javante Williams. You know all of those guys. He just wanted them performed, and you would think that Josh Jacobs wouldn't excel in a PPR format. But as I said, you know he had the fifth most receptions of any running back. He has added that to his game. I mean, he could do that before. We knew that as a prospect, but the Raiders have finally given him that. He Kenyon Drake did not end up becoming a vulture for Josh Jacobs. You know, we should take that. We should see that Josh Jacobs beat out a free agent they brought in and led that backfield whenever he was healthy. We should take that and run with it. We should be more excited about Josh Jacobs this year than we were last year. But he just continues to be a value, continues to be a guy that we're underselling. And right now, you can go get Josh Jacobs. You can sell your Travis Etienne. You can sell your maybe aging, aging Derek Henry or Alvin Kamara or you know a young guy like Cam Akers who's getting all the hype. You can trade him for Josh Jacobs plus, you know, and round out your team and still have a running back. who's going to get you probably just as many points on a week to week basis. And I think the Raiders, you know, I think Josh Jacobs could have a better statistical year next year than the year he just had, because the Raiders should go up from this past season. So I think a lot of things point Josh Jacobs away. It's just none of us care because it's not flashy, but when you scoring points for your fantasy team, it doesn't need to be flashy.
1: Remember when uh, he was coming out, everybody was just going crazy over Josh Jacobs? Yep. Yeah. And yep. you make a good point. Now it's like nobody wants him. So yep. I like that target a lot. He's uh, like the
3: oh. hitting guy. He's like an Allen Robinson last year. Like, you just don't think about the guy. You don't talk about him much. But he just goes out and puts up the numbers. And now that mm-hmm. he's added that receiving part of his game, which we already knew he had, that, that's huge for him. That gives him that RB1 status. Like, it mm-hmm. pushes him that high up.
2: Yeah, and you could probably trade a Michael Carter straight up for a Josh Jacobs. And as much as I love Michael Carter, fantasy wise, Josh Jacobs is a much better dynasty asset.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you really think you could trade Michael Carter straight up? For Josh? Well, I think it might take more than that.
2: On keep trade cut. Uh, so Josh Jacobs is RB18, Michael Carter's RB21. It looks like there's about 10 total spots ADP wise that separate them. So I okay. think with less than a round of separation, at that point, you can probably get personal preference between the two. They're probably pretty close. Maybe you add a third, but you don't need to add much. Maybe you just throw in a trading, uh, a throwing guy, you know, maybe you throw in, if you don't like Terrence Marshall anymore, maybe you throw in a guy like that, or, you know, Curtis King. Samuel, I feel like. Curtis somebody. Samuel. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. That works. Uh, let's see who are we go to pork. You're up next. Who's your Bilo League winner?
0: Uh, my Bilo League winner is actually going to be a free agent this year, and I'm going to go with uh, DJ Chark. <clears throat> I know we have, we've seen some type of production. <laughs> we've seen some type of production from him at one point, um, but that at that point, that was with Gardner Minshew. He was up there chucking the ball up and, you know, he is, Gardner Minshew had, you know, very good accuracy, but arm strength really wasn't there, and when he did have a little bit of chemistry with him, he looked very, very good. Now, with this year coming up, we do have the new coach in uh, Doug Peterson and they have Trevor Lawrence. Now, if he's able to resign with them, I would love that landing spot there too. But I think anywhere he goes, I think he's going to be coveted a lot. They're going to give him a good amount of money to be somebody's number one. And uh, his long speed, his route running is really good. Um, He's very athletic at the top of his routes, and I I really like that a lot. Um, Even in the red zone, he can be a really good red zone target with his height. And he's only 25 years old. He's still young. Seems like he's been in the league for a little while. Um, But he's dealt with a a few injuries, uh, I believe two years in a row or something Mm -hmm. like that. So um, this guy, I mean, shoot, I know me and Nate were going back and forth between the whole DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault thing, and we really didn't have like a a whole answer. Nobody yeah, nobody won because Urban Meyer is a freaking goofball. But <clears throat> we, we didn't see that for ourselves. But I think when DJ Chart goes to another team and, you know, continue to create separation and, and use that speed and his athleticism at the top of his routes, I think he can be a really, really good uh, asset to a, a really good team next year, depending on where he goes. I mean, I would personally love him on the Eagles if we can't get anybody else in this draft. Um, but we'll see. But, yeah, I he, he needs to go somewhere good. Don't don't be like Allen Robinson. Don't go to freaking trash quarterbacks. Go to a good quarterback that can get you the ball and, and make it work.
1: Well, then don't go to Philadelphia. <laughs>
0: well, Mike, you said we're getting another quarterback. Either it's Kenny Pickett or, you know, if you keep putting it up every day, that would be Kenny Pickett or freaking uh, Russell I Wilson. Man- we'll I
1: manifesting, I'm manifesting Kenny Pickett to Philadelphia. <laughs> happen
2: i will say i think dj truck is a great buy low target right now mm-hmm. i agree i don't think he's a great buy low league winning target though yeah. because i'm not a dj truck fan myself and i think he's low valued right now his value is going to go up as soon as he signs with the team and i try to move him mm-hmm. i buy him now move him when he signs and just live with the winnings i get you know I think it's a pretty safe bet. His values going to go up as soon as he signs. People are going to see him be like, oh, look, he got a decent amount of money. Look, he's going to have this opportunity. But I don't think DJ Chark is going to go to a new team and do well his first year. Uh, We don't see a lot of guys do that. Only the really, really talented ones do that. I don't think DJ Chark is at that level. But buy him now, flip him in three months, and I think you do pretty well.
1: Well, that's going to make my – target looks stupid then, Nate. But anyway, Chev, uh, who do you have for us tonight?
2: Yeah, so before
3: we start, I think the wide receivers, like I don't know if they're going to get paid as well as we think, man. I think last year there was a good group of wide receivers that are free agents, and they didn't get jack crap. So I don't know about DJ Shark getting paid. I feel like I'm a little bit scared for him in the offseason just because he's come well, off Ken- injury as well.
0: Well, Kenny Galladay did get paid. Whew.
3: Yeah, yeah look, they how, look, exactly. Look what happened. They, they ain't going to get paid no more. You. Thank you, Kenny Gallardo, you idiot.
0: You know what yeah. I think
1: we're going to see? I think we're going to see the days of those massive contracts are just going to go away. Because yeah. guys, yeah. the way the game is, guys deals. can hurt. You know? Yeah, unless you're a quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Peshev who do you got for us?
3: Yeah, so a buy low target for me is going to be Saquon Barkley. This dude came off an injury last year. And he looked terrible. And that injury that he came off of was hard to come back from. Nobody really comes back really great from that. So this is the year that I think he has potential to actually grow from that last season. He's going to be playing on a bad team again. But this is the lowest, I believe, Saquon Barkley's value is going to be at. We can all remember a time where Saquon Barkley was almost untradeable in leagues where he was going to take three or four first-round picks and maybe even another runner back. He was the god of football, it sounded like. Say God, or say god I think is what they were saying, or something stupid like that. So I think <laughs> he's still got that athletic ability. He has been injured a lot, but this is the time that I think you can really capitalize on maybe his lowest value. Go get him now while you can for a cheap value, and maybe you can sell him later uh, for maybe some more uh, picks or maybe another player. Just like with Josh Jacobs, like maybe he didn't have the best year two years ago, but then he had a better year this year where maybe you can capitalize on that. Um, so I think Saquon is a guy that I would definitely look into acquire. I think just his uh, athletic ability and catching passes out of the backfield, I think alone can put him in a high level of fantasy football. And I think he's a good running back in general, man. I think you just got to go get this guy now while you can't before it's too late to bolster your roster for this upcoming season.
1: Chef, I have a question.
3: Yeah,
1: here's another way to think about it too. If he's through six or seven games, just balling out, staying healthy, and you trade him for a couple pieces, that counts as a, you know, you bought him low, you trade him for a couple pieces, and that helps you win. That counts as a, you know, kind of like a buy low league winner right there too. Doesn't yeah, matter I mean, how you do it.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you even if he's having a good season, doesn't mean you have to trade him either. Like if you need him as a running back, that's great. We've seen Saquon Barkley be one of the best in the league. And he can do it again. It's going to take a little bit more than what he was doing before because his offensive line and his team is all a mess. But you've got to remember, they just got a new coach. Dabble was a magician with Josh Allen. I'm very hopeful that he can do the same in, uh, at the Giants. I'm sure Dan feels the same way. I'm sure he's hoping that Dabble can come back and just be an absolute terror in the league. So we'll see. I think Saquon has a good chance of bouncing back this year, maybe even come back player of the year.
1: The only concern I have, one, the line, two, the injuries, three, they hired Mike Kafka as their offensive coordinator. So you're basically, you're going to be getting this. Obviously it depends on how much uh, Brian Dabble putting into it. But if Mike Kafka is installing that offense, you're basically going to get the Andy Reid offense in New York, which means it's not going to be a super high volume running game. We think, you know what I mean? It could be a lot of change up in their backs too. Like I've always said, much to the chagrin of everybody, listen, Andy Reid rotates backs just enough to piss everybody off for fantasy. And it's been true. Jack McKinnon, anybody, it's been true. So don't everybody trip over yourself telling me I'm right all at once. But that brings me <laughs> to my league winning byload trade target that Nate's going to think is stupid. And that's Alan Robinson, just because I think everybody is so down on him right now. Last season, and we're going to take out the 2017 season where he tore his ACL in the first game of the year, only had one catch for 17 yards. But last year was his lowest receptions of his career, lowest targets of his career, his lowest yardage of his career, as well as touchdowns, again, taking away his 2017 season. Chev, I'm sorry, but you know what the Bears quarterback situation has been like. I think he goes somewhere. With a quarterback upgrade. Justin Fields, I think he's going to be a stud. Still learning the game. New coach coming in. I think he goes somewhere. I think he maybe signs a one year prove it deal and he plays his ass off. I don't have any numbers to back it up. This is just, you know, gut instinct right here. I think he bounces back. I mean, 38 catches, 410 yards, and one touchdown. Trash. Could easily see him pushing 1,000 yards in a new spot. Yeah. So. Um. Let's see. Oh yeah, Sean is saying New England classic prove it where he could ball out. I could see yeah, that. John, okay. They need somebody.
3: Him and the, him and the Harry across from each other. <laughs> that's a big deal right there. Uh,
1: well, where's Nikhil Harry going to be playing next year, Chef? <laughs>
3: Probably going to be a bear playing tight end. I'm guessing.
1: <laughs> they need some.
2: <laughs> always do.
1: All right, that is our uh, league-winning by-load trade targets. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Steve, for that suggestion. Keep them coming. When you're a patron, you get to suggest segments like this or just tell us how smart you are. People like to do that as well. So before we head out, Chev, do you have anything for us this evening?
3: Yeah, man, just a little word of encouragement. No verse this week, but, man, you guys, we only live one life on this earth. Go out and live it to your full potential, man. I went to the Open this last week, and it it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was hot as could be, but you got to take those moments of just going out and doing something maybe you're not comfortable with or just something you might not enjoy, and I I guarantee if you give it your best shot, you give it your best opinion on it, and you just try to have your best effort at it, it will be definitely worth it. I think just living your life to the fullest right now in a time where the world is absolutely crazy, uh, you only live one life, guys. Go out and live it to your
1: fullest. All right. So great words from a great man, chef. Thank you very much. And yolo, uh, yolo. That's right. So basically Chef's just saying YOLO.
2: YOLO, baby. YOLO, man, yolo. bring it back. Bring it back.
1: A little more <laughs> diplomatic in his approach about it. So um, until next time, everybody, please remember to check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind dollar gets you in the group chat. shows some general support five dollars gets you the amazing written content that we have and the podcast that nate and i are about to do right now so for chev nate pork i'm your host michael bauer until next time everybody be kind please rewind thank you for watching thank you for listening take me out of here sean
2: thanks for listening to the dynasty rewind please make sure you subscribe rate and review and as always be kind please rewind